Welcome to Radio 5G, where we sort fact from fiction, conspiracy from falsehood, reality from the unknown. And by doing so, we change the collective consciousness of humanity. A production of CosmicReality.com Welcome to Radio 5G. This is a pre-recorded tape that's going to be broadcast for the first time on uh, July 5th, 2023. It is a discussion between Dr. Lee Merritt, whom we often have on, and Scott Kesterson from Bards FM. They discuss a number of subjects ranging from the Ukraine-Russian nightmare to... uh, to bees. They've both gotten into doing bees, so that that's kind of cool. Um, Mark Joseph and I will be back in the last hour to discuss what we've what we've just heard. So thank you for being here. I hope you find it informative and enjoyable. Good evening, Patriots, and tonight is Wednesday, June twenty eighth in the year twenty twenty three. Tonight we have a very special interview. It's a long interview, about an hour and a half with Dr. Lee Merritt. We cover a lot of topics. We begin pretty heavily with the focus on Ukraine and all the nonsense going over there and and this fake coup that just happened against uh, Putin, President Putin, and then move into other things like bees and electroculture and who knows what. This is just a typical great conversation with one of the best doctors in the nation. Dr. Merritt, how are you doing? Welcome to the show. Well, thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. Well, let's let's start with what's been going on last week and the week before. You were on the cutting edge, literally, of reporting on the Wagner issue and this um, this fake coup. And a matter of fact, I told you we were going to have to come up with a new media award. I think we we're going to call it like the Boitzer or something, so it's we don't can get rid of the Pulitzer. But it was good work. I mean, you were literally going to Russian source documents. You were posting it on your Telegram. You were way ahead of the curve on where this thing was going. So let's talk a little bit about what you were seeing and what this thing looks like. Well, uh, the you know, I, I first of all, I, I, uh, I love, I love, I, I admit to being a Russophile since the time I was in college. I studied Russian history. I, I, and the reason I start even went down this road, I learned Russian for a little while. I studied Russian in college, and I've been studying ever since because I was a math major, and math, Russian is the mathematics language. So anyway, that's that's kind of gave me, and it helped me in COVID because the first thing I knew to do is to go find, read the Russian bioweaponeers. What do they think's going on? And right away, they said, this is not natural. This is like January of 2020. This is not natural. This has been released. We don't know any more than that right now, blah, blah, blah. So, so that's been kind of a, an un, unexpected bonus in my life, having that old background. But you know, I so I've been ever since this whole, uh, you know, I mean, so I know, first of all, I know something about Russian history and people that don't follow this. I mean, keep in mind, after World War Two, it was it was the Dulles brothers whose fingers are all over that whole history period. The, the Dulles brothers and Alan Dulles was the first I think it was Alan, not John Foster, but one of them was the first CIA chief. Right. But the way he kind of put the organization together from the OSS of World War Two is he recruited, or Galen recruited himself, General uh, Galen. The Galen Org was the big spy network into the Soviet Union during World War II, and General Galen was one of two German generals that was not tried at Nuremberg. 
even in, in absentia. The other one being General Kamler, who had probably the most top secret scientific lab going on, even more than Penamunde and the and von Braun and the rockets. So General the the Galen Org and the and, and the Kamler Stab. And anyway, General Galen uh, said, okay, he comes to Dulles and he says, I'll help you on, I can give you my whole spy network. Okay. This is as the world, as World War II is winding down, the war is still going on, these back channel discussions. He says, I'll give you my whole spy network because I know what you want to do. And they're meeting in Switzerland. He says, but here's the deal. I run it. And so what we did was we imported essentially the Nazi spy organization and that became the biggest arm of our CIA. You know, everybody, to be anybody in the CIA, you want to be in the Soviet desk, right? So that was run and started by the Nazi uh, part, Nazi uh, spies. So anyway, what did they do? Well, they moved into Western Ukraine. So they've been there ever since. And when, and when you, when you really, it's the perfect place to be if you want to keep touch on the Russians, right? And Ukraine, the other thing that people need to realize is Ukraine was part of Russia. Kiev was the cardinal city of the Rus. When the Rus were becoming a nation, when the first prince of Russia started, it was in Kiev. So the idea of Ukraine as a separate nation, it's been the Russian Empire up until after World War II. So we have to, we have to, we have to, you know, understand that. Well, and then what the, the more proximal history that people need to know is what happened in 2014. So during the Obama administration, they, you know, and we're, now it's coming out, you're hearing all this stuff about Burisma is just the tip of a very big iceberg tip. It's just a little part. The Burisma money laundering, money laundering isn't the big money out of there. Ukraine for a very, very long time has been the center of, you know, money is, is, is runs money and there's drugs, I'm sure, but it's also, uh, sex trafficking child trafficking and the big money is in body part trafficking and that continues to today so that's kind of what's been going on in ukraine and so in 2014 the, to get more control of it the deep state whatever we want to call them the cabal whatever they staged a color revolution and got rid of the duly elected might have been a slime ball politician but Yan- yanukovych might have had his fingers in the purse a little bit but he was their duly elected president and he was kind of keeping a peace between the western kind of nazified area the german kind of area and the eastern part of ukraine that was russian speaking and that's what you're hearing about today the donbass so the he kept that kind of nice kind of buffer well then these guys moved in in 2014 and they put in you know somebody i can't remember after him and then it was poroshenko and then it was uh zelensky and zelensky was put into place by by a Ukrainian oligarch named Kolomoisky, who started him on a TV show as an actor, you know, man of the people, and then made it a reality. So that's how you got here. And during that period of time, then, they've been slowly violating the the, the agreement they made at Yalta that, that okay, with, with Stalin, that they would not move NATO to the Russian border that we'll have a buffer zone. That was kind of what Ukraine was about. We'll stay, we'll stay west of that. You stay east of it. And we'll just live in commensal bliss. Well, they didn't do that. So in 2014, when all this went down, Putin, and he just announced this, by the way, he has, he showed uh, some Africans were visiting and we're kind of giving them a hard time about the war. And he said, see this document, this is the document signed in 2014 by the secretary of state and the president, whatever of Ukraine agreeing to continue the deal that they're not going to move NATO, they're not going to become part of NATO, they're not going to move NATO east, and they're not going to be sitting on our border as enemies, and that we have this buffer zone and that the Donbass is left alone. That lasted about five minutes after the ink was not even dry. 
So he has that to prove. And that's what that's the background of this whole thing. Now, you know, the 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 Russian army, uh, you know, everybody everybody knows army guys get paid. Well, the Wagner PMC was has been around for a lot longer than this war. They but they well, they started in 2014 when this whole thing kind of blew up, because as soon as the deep state took over the presidency and they got this thing going, what did they do? They started shelling and, and murdering the people that spoke Russian in eastern Ukraine. And that and that's been going on ever since. It's been kind of a terror, kind of a, a silent terrorist war against the Russian speakers. And now it's that now it's overt. But in the process, we have to remember too that in 1991, we passed the Nun Luger Act, and the Nun Luger Act was this idea that oh, the Soviet Union's fallen apart, and we have to secure their bioweapons, chemical and and nuclear stores. So we'll help these struggling socialist republics that are economically underserved and we'll help them and we went up and we bought up those bioweapons labs so that when we hear these congressmen right now talk about well we didn't know there was there were you we were the there were bioweapons labs in ukraine of course you did you were giving these people w9s and w4s and you were hiring the bioweapons to go over and run them and our and our tasking to them was to do three things to bring these labs up to date to do vaccine research and to do uh, began a function research. We have that on paper. So, uh, you know, this is a lot of smoke and mirrors in our Congress right now about this. I just kind of makes me cringe every time I see them. But it wasn't just Ukraine. I mean, these bioweapons labs are all over and they were overt, like the Luger lab. And in, in response to this, now this is the story. And this is where Yevgeny Prigozhin and the, and the Wagner group get started in theory. You know, it sounds like, it sounds like to me a, a backstory to that that sounds good. I, I don't know if this is the real story. So because otherwise you have to believe, which actually does appear to be the case, that a, a mercenary group run by a restaurateur just beat all of NATO, which may in fact be true. But he was a restaurateur. I, I actually think there's probably more truth to that than they want to admit. Well, there might be. But he was a restaurateur, and his story is that he went over to to the Donbass region because there were people standing up malicious, and he gave them money thinking that would help. And he found out, he said, the money's just been wasted as far as I can see. So he got with some ex-Spetsnaz guys from the Russian army, and he said, we need to get, we need to, we need to, get our own defense force going and ergo the start. Of, and he said they actually took old Soviet like flak jackets and weapons and everything and rehabbed. He said, I learned all about this. We rehabbed all this stuff. And then they've been, they've been together ever since. And it's a huge organization. Now they have a huge building in Moscow. They they've gone to Africa. And he said at one time when, he, when he thought that maybe they'd be out of this fight, he said, well, that's good. You know, with 20% of our forces, we stabilized a, a a great deal of Central Africa. Think what we could do if we really had free reign and we could really stop the warlords down there. So, you know, if he, they've been going around the world and it's been good PR for the Russians. They helped Assad in Syria when we set up ISIS and did bad stuff over there. They came to his rescue. So I got to say, I've been on their side watching them for a long time and thinking this isn't what being painted in the Western media, which is completely 180 degrees out from what I see. Well, what we're seeing here, which is very interesting, and this is a, a theory that goes with this, we're witnessing the West play out the concepts of fourth and fifth, and even as we approach AI, sixth generation warfare. And Russia is fighting this in third generation warfare. And that's ultimately, and this is a, a, a piece that comes out in Prairie Fire, actually, which is an SF guy that wrote that. 
And that's his theory, which I will support because I've done a lot of work in fifth generation warfare is that you defeat fifth generation warfare by fighting a third generation warfare, meaning that the standing army with a good information foundation is more effective than trying to use all these other deceptive means and people out of uniform and these, you know, these militia or these um, mafia also type groups. That's kind of your fifth generation model, which we're getting invaded with. When you shift to the third generation warfare model, which is more the standing army, the, the Wagner PMC, the, uh, the use of more standardized, I mean, it's, it's sophisticated what the Russians do in terms of information warfare. But nonetheless, you're waging that as a war. Fourth, in particular, fifth generation warfare can't stand because one of the things that we're seeing in Ukraine, which is all over and it all ties in with the CIA, is what are they using? They're using corporate shells and corporate fronts like they're going to use the Pfizer, they're going to use the Moderna. They're having their labs do the research so they can call it business. And then it's, but it's actually war development is what it is. Right, right. Well, and that goes, what you're saying goes along with what you're seeing, in my opinion. I don't make, pretend to be a, a military expert, but the, the, I mean, just the quality, what it appears to be the training, the expertise. And keep in mind, these are not guys that just got thrown into warfare yesterday. They've been training in Africa and, and, and all over the world. Like I say, Syria, they, they have lots of, they're battle hardened guys. Okay. And they know how to work together. And if you add to that, I think it's fabulous what they're doing. You know, one of the things they, the, and I love the, the Western, Western media always has a, a twist that makes it, you know, you know, when it's a psyop on our side. So the Western media said, Oh, look at those, those, the Russians are doomed. Look at, they're bringing out World War II tanks. Well, what they found, what they were doing actually is they were, they, they had figured out, this reminds me of Heinz Guderian in World War II when he married radios to tanks for the first time and said, hey, Blitzkrieg, you know, we can do this. We can work as a flotilla now. Well, these guys are marrying drones to tanks and they're just, they're just, you know, the, the all these leopard tanks, these big fancy Abrams and things coming up from that the, were given to the Ukrainians and they're driving them across fields without air support because the Russians own the air. Then they're just taking them off with, they can spot them with the drones and they can then hammer them with these very competent guns that are just out of date in terms of their ability to see things at a distance. They don't have the electronic warfare stuff in those old tanks, but they're marrying them with drones. And it's just, it seems like these guys are doing cool stuff over there. I think there's a couple of things in here in, in looking at you know your research and a lot of research I've done. And I think that this is very interesting. So we go back to the first event with the shortage of ammo. Okay. Yeah. And this is the thing that I keep saying is we're watching a war and a, and a dispute occur on social media, which is not where the real dispute is. That's right. that's prepping your battlefield. If there's one thing that we've learned about Russians since they went into Georgia and Chechnya years ago is how sophisticated their information ops were because it comes from the root. It goes back to, to Peter the Great and the, the intelligence network he had there to defeat the Europeans and Jesuits, which are exactly where they're fighting again, right? So we are, we're looking here at this event where Wagner Group is coming out and saying we're short on ammo. I think all that was is part of making the public case. Yes. And of exposing course. them, right? So that is the preparation for what we see coming because I think at this point, the CIA and the FBI are already involved in trying to do two things pay off and probably other foreign intelligence agencies, but they're the key ones here, trying to buy into the Russian army and potentially buy into Wagner Group That's what to we're create to. a coup. 
right? Yeah. And then the other element is they were prepping the ground to steal the cesium. So the question yes. is, yes. so this is interesting because I want you to talk about these two things because this leads then to the culmination of event, which is literally Putin purging out the Western infiltrators. But the cesium piece is important because it makes me wonder if the Wagner Group's approach that way was to cut off the avenue or access for those carrying the cesium. That's what I'm wondering. Well, or this whole thing in the information space basically was to flush out the guys involved and to see who's really on what side. This is my point is at this point now they're, they're, they're in theory threatening Moscow, but they're really not that close to, to the thing. And, and yes, you had two things going on at the same time. You had, you, and the cesium was the FSB suddenly finds a, group of people that were smuggling cesium out of 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 Russia. So and the presumably what do you do with cesium? I mean you make a dirty bomb. So sure. we think, you know, early on by the way, if you remember back early on before the whole big movement into Ukraine, what they had is they had the Spetsnaz go in and the and a few I don't know what the other units were, but they went in early and they secured these bioweapons labs in Chernobyl. Remember when the Spetsnaz went into Chernobyl? Oh, yes, very much so. And which, by the way, is another crazy thing. We've been told Chernobyl's an unlivable place, and they walk into Chernobyl and turn the thing back on. Right. Well, what people don't realize is, you know, Chernobyl had, I can't remember how many towers, but they even after the accident, they've been producing electricity nonstop for Ukraine ever since the the blast. Okay, the so-called crisis of Chernobyl. You know, there's a lot of, that's a whole other story. There's a lot of misinformation about uh, radiation risk and damage and what's going on there. But the animals are all back. People are back in that little town. But what what was interesting at the time was that the Russians, that Putin, and you know, he was FSB. He knows how to get information. You knew he had intel before he sent these people in there. What they did is you could see by the Russian newspapers, I mean, not the Russian newspapers, the Western newspapers kind of, screaming screeching that what there was actually going on you could kind of put it together but they said those darn russians they went in and they uh they they occupied this area chernobyl and they're gonna they're gonna they've turned off the electricity they're gonna just cause the whole thing to blow and irradiate the whole thing well nothing none of that happened what they did is they went in they turned it off momentarily they apparently went down below somehow and got some fissionable material and removed it that's what the that's what because the, then the then the, the the newspapers in the West said those darn Russians they went in there and you know because nothing happened Putin didn't nuke Paris that was the first thing they said oh he's going to go in there and take Chernobyl and nuke Paris and then he's going to go make a dirty bomb and then none of that happened but what they did is remove some fissionable material so now we have the FSB finding another group trying to smuggle out cesium to make, wouldn't be necessarily fissionable but make a dirty bomb um, and. And uh, and just about this time, uh, as all this is happening, then <laughs> the the Wagner Group gets oh Lukashenko comes in to mediate, and he says, you know, well, you know, let's let's I'll mediate between the Wagner Group, Yevgeny Prigozhin and Prigozhin and, and Putin, and he does that. And what happens? He says, well, you guys come over, come over to Belarus, and we'll just all you know calm down. So what you've seen happen, in my opinion, is an entire uh, repositioning of frontline troops with their equipment from their place of rest back behind Artemovsk and 
went over to within 100 miles north of Kiev, while the Russian army, by the way, is still southeast of Kiev. They're still they're still moving forward from Artemis. And now we've got the Wagner group coming from the north. You've got a pincer operation going on and they moved all these men and materiel and nobody squeaked. Nobody realized it was a it was a tactical move on the battlefield, I think, of all these people. Now, I'm not like I say, we'll see. You see what you think. Well, while purging out the dissenters. And oh, yes. And while purging out. And, and did you see and the other? Oh, and I'll tell you another clue. Here's another reason I got very suspicious about this whole coup notion. That they had these two generals and I don't remember their names. Uh, one was a lieutenant general. One was a full general. And they were they were being interviewed. OK, or they were they were making a statement like we want the the Wagner's. This is terrible treason. We don't want the Wagner's to put down their weapons kind of thing. That was the, the, the idea. But but when you look at them, OK, and, and you probably saw this more than I do. These these two guys look like they're in an interrogation room in a cop shop. They're they're in a there's a plain wall with nothing behind them. They're certainly not in some headquarters place, their desk or any place that they would be there. There's a desk in front of them that's bare. The wall's bare. And their uniforms are rumpled and bare. They're wearing these rumpled, unsharp uh, khaki uniforms, and they have no insignia. When have you ever seen a general officer or a senior officer of any rank, an officer of any rank, even in a worst battle zone, that doesn't have an insignia on him? They're blacked out. All right, but especially Russians. Especially Russian. When you see the generals in Russia, they're all squared away like heavy starch perfect metals, everything. So that's not right. And I looked at that and I said, those guys look like they're, they're prisoners. They, or they're being forced to say this because I have a feeling they were, they were part of this, you know, this, this, and it's, it sounds like it was all over kind of cheesy, making a few rubles in the black market. That's the other side of this thing. They were selling this ammunition, I think, and this other stuff. I'm still going with the piece that the CIA was dropping that's six point two billion. Well, that's the other piece. Now I can't prove that one, but it does seem that's the rumor that the the CIA thought they got the they they would take advantage of this fight between Prigozhin and and Putin because they very effectively did their psyop, I think, and they thought they would take advantage of it, and they gave them the six point two billion to because they suddenly how they suddenly came up with it just before all this happened. They suddenly came up with a six point two billion error that we had to give them all this money suddenly, and so they just took it up. I don't know if you've seen that video, but there's a great little meme video about the the, it looks it's like i don't know if that's braveheart or whatever but there's it's like a king a king in knight's armor and he's looking at this other guy and the king's labeled cia and the other guy's labeled Zelensky. and then you have these two forces one a little smaller than the other and they're charging each other on the battlefield and one's labeled you know wagner and one's labeled you know russian army and they get to the middle and they just start hugging each other and they say and and who's got and we got 6.2 billion wouldn't that be the, the yeah that's i think that's very possible <laughs> you know my theory is that when they went into the the command center that they, they were just delivering 6.2 billion they needed the whole armored group for wagner to bring in the 6.2 billion i don't know it but could I mean, be that's just... actually that could be i mean they it, it looks to me like that's it's something like that but uh <laughs> you know so here, here's something i think it's important that we because we've hit on this a lot of different ways but what's really important is to realize and this gets into one of these things where we say the military is the only way. And that's a Q statement. Yeah. Which I think we can say very viably that from a main body force at this point in time, I'm talking Western, and I can speak authoritatively here, that's not actually a true statement. Okay. Except this 
when it comes to the nuclear weapons arsenals of the world, what is becoming increasingly clear is that the militaries are in control of those and that the civilian governments, which are the puppets of the Rothschilds and the Rockefellers and the others, these other 13 families, they are the ones that can't get access to it. They want nothing more right now than to provoke a thermal nuclear war, yeah, global thermal nuclear war. They want it. it. Yeah. Well, they need it because it's there's too much percolating up. Last week, during the midst of all that craziness, in spite of Wagner, in spite of the, the, the yellow submarine event, <laughs> in spite of all these ridiculous yellow stories submarine. that were coming out, that out of the top 10 news stories of the week, four of them were related to child sex trafficking. And one of them, this is something else, by the way, which yep. was missed, and it's an important detail. Do you know what happened just before they launched the fake coup against Putin? He signed an act which forbid transgender oh, surgeries yeah. in nice. his nation. You can't you can't disconnect that because no. this whole agenda of it's coming out of the Nazi um, American Nazi Party and and the American Nazi government, which because we're an occupied state but now, we we might as well just admit it and quit staying we're American because we're not. It's we're being run by the the American Nazi Communist Association, which is the Uniparty, which is a corporate private partnership, which goes right back to that whole fascist model that was under Hitler right. anyway. So it's a corporate-private partnership of fascists and, and communists that have come together under a banner in which their real flag is the rainbow flag. That is their pedophile yeah. flag. That is what they're fighting under. And it's and it's got that purple crap on the back of it that when you put four of them together, you get a swastika in the middle. So that's their real flag, right, the pedo flag. And that's what's occupying the states and their mechanisms is the leveraged power of the corporate influence world. Right. And that's pitting against the real armies of the ground, but they don't have control over the nuclear arsenals. Yeah. And right now, as these stories are percolating up, the greatest thing that they are, I think, in the sense of being afraid, and you will know more about this than I do, but my understanding of psychopaths is they don't show normal senses of fear. They, they get angry and they become agitated and aggressive, but they also get clumsy. They don't if fear doesn't manifest in a psychopath the same way it does in a normal human being. Is that a fair statement? I, th I think that's a fair statement. I won't pretend to be a, an expert on psychiatry either, but sci I can tell you that psychopathology is not what we've been taught by the TV shows like on Jeffrey Dahmer and things, that psychopaths tend not to be, I mean, they can be loners, but all this stuff that they always want to blame on the lone gunman and the lone, you know, nutcase and the lone, a lot of this is coordinated um with this whole pedophilia satanic uh cabal i mean that unfortunately that's true this is because one of the things i'm I'm actually giving a talk at uh red pill in des moines in uh august on and i i i think g edward griffin called me and i think he was worried about my top title but i said it's time to name the enemy okay and I think it's important to understand who the enemy is, even though if we can't give them names. I mean, yeah, you can, it's easy to poke, poke at Rothschild and poke at, you know, Bill Gates and Fauci and everything, but that doesn't really give us a, a target. That doesn't really explain the warfare that we're in. And I think it's, I always show this. I was on a, some show and I, I said, you got any last words about this? I said, yeah, here's the picture of Zelensky with his, little symbol on his chest that he always has and that's the that's the symbol of you modern ukraine the blue and gold with this little bar like 
symbol. And he said, and here's the symbol of the old Khazarian Tomga, the ancient uh, symbol of the people that were uh, driven out by Prince Sviatoslav because they wouldn't stop uh, killing and, and, and sacrificing children and molesting their neighbors in all sorts of ways. And so the and the third symbol is the symbol of Moloch, the god of child sacrifice, and they all look identical. It's just the the Ukraine is the more modern version of the symbol of Moloch. Yes, you it gotta, is. You got to ask yourself: Is this really an accident? Yeah. Um, you know, I I mean, it's 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 kind of like the Denver airport. Is it an accident? It looks like a swastika from the top. Right. Uh, you know, I mean these these um. There's a lot of this, you know, I think it was Manly P. Hall that said, uh, you know, when when we learn to to read, when people learn to read the language of symbolism, then they're, you know, the, the shackles will fall from their eyes. They'll be able to see clearly what's going on here. And these the, our enemy speaks with symbolism and with the ancient tongue and they use it against us. And um, they're, they're laughing at us and telling us stories about things. And that's really Whatever this is, this is a. I think the thing that why I'm so fascinated and hanging on this Ukrainian Russian thing like a cheap suit is because it's the nexus in the world right now of the spiritual war and the kinetic war. And at some point, if you believe in child sacrifice and 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 the Ukrainians, let me be clear, are victimized here too. In fact, the Ukrainian army is being body parted out. You know, they've got black transplantologists and they are illegally and immorally taking body parts from the near dead Ukrainian soldiers. So the mothers can't even get their their dead son's body back. I mean, this is unbelievable, but this is the biggest money in the world. And this is what's running the deep state. So we need to really understand why when you know, and it's isn't it something here we are. You know, for those of us who who were in the military during the Cold War and after a little bit, I mean, to me, it's just unbelievable that we are now in the situation where we have the president of Russia calling us Satanists. And he's right. (laughs) It's hard to argue with him. Putin's dead on. That's that's Satanist and pedophiles. I mean, this this is what's running our nation. That's that's literally when if you're that. Again, I go back to I've been t- I did a show just recently about planting the flag, the importance of the flag, and you mentioned it a minute ago, which is another important story. So we look at Iwo Jima, right? That was a big story of the flag. Look at the Russians in doing planting the flag on the Reichstag in Germany, right? It's very important. Um, then you look at the like what just happened. You mentioned with Wagner Group when they planted the flag on the building, right? These are not, this is not casual statements. These are right. taking territory. Well, this whole month of um, be a pedophile, celebrate being a pedophile month right now is all about planting flags. So you have now seen in this month that every single U.S. embassy has now been cross flagged. They've been cross flagged with the U.S. and the pedophile flag, which is the new flag. That's the flag. The flag under the U.S. is the administrative control over the country. That's who our right. occupiers are. And what they have done is they've established knowledge to everybody in the world that the U.S. is occupied. If you understand the symbolism, you understand what's going on. The right. same with everywhere they plant one of these flags or they carry the flags. This is them taking territory, right? And this is, again, as we watch this in this motion, this is the pedophile movement, which all of these people, you go back and start looking at I was doing a piece this morning 
going through a piece that came out of Ukraine, interestingly, of the history of homosexuality. And it goes back to the writers of the lost generation. It goes back to these influencers that have moved through and said, and where did they all settle in? Writing the arts is where they settled in. And that's how they got mm-hmm. their networks built and then into government. And then once they were able to bring in the, uh, the, the powers that go with all the, the agencies, the intelligence agencies to be able to get seated in there and use their skills to blackmail people, then it's just an echo. It's just a, a, a growing cancer. It's literally what we're witnessing here because we wonder how this stuff comes out of nowhere. Well, it's blackmail and leverage and it's driven by psychopathic pedophiles that are, right. that are in this. They practice this, the old religion. Yes. And, and this I mean, it's, is, it's they don't want you to religion. know this. It is. And they don't want you to know this. They, they mean that they're, they're going to deny it and lie to you. And face. that's, you know, this is, you know, you think the mafia was, was secretive. You know, the mafia kept control. People that took to the Balachi papers, you know, he was like the, after years and years, nobody squealed on the mafia. Well, that's, but as, as things liberalized and the, what people would put up with and you couldn't, you couldn't keep people controlled because they got divorced and they didn't want anybody to know, or the, then it was, they, they'd be gay and nobody cared. You know, they, they, there were a lot of things that they used to be able to control people with. They couldn't, but the one thing they can still control people with is having sex with underage children or raping or murdering underage children. You know, mm-hmm. that is so evil that when they get you stuck in that, you are really caught. And so this umbrella of power that has enmeshed the world, it's not one of the reasons I think the point about the military is the only way is that whatever, you know, we can interpret that in multiple ways. But the bottom line is, how do you vote your way around when they've got all the politicians and all the all the uh, minions in the voting sector controlled how do you how do you uh adjudicate your way out when you own all the senior judges you don't that's where we are and somebody said to me the other day well this russian okay so it's a purge but you know that kind of we just that's kind of kind of creepy that they're just kind of getting rid of these guys i said you know what they're getting rid of traitors they they pulled them out they're they're going to get rid of traitors within the russian military and the and the supply chain and things and um what do we do? We let them sit in Congress for 30 years. We let them destroy our military by, yeah. by promoting, by letting presidents promote traitors to the highest ranks. That's what we do. And so you got to say, it may not be what we, we think of. We're so, we're so worried about fairness that we're not taking, that we're not holding people accountable. Well, and here's where it gets worse because, and this is the point of this piece, a couple of pieces I went through this morning, position I've held for some time. We like to say things like, it doesn't matter what you do in your bedroom, don't bring it into the kids. The problem, it, it does matter, because we're seeing the result of that passivity towards lifestyle. And I know this makes people feel uncomfortable, because it's like my free will. It's, it's like, yeah, except this. You can't this bring story, it to the kids. You, you can't have it. I mean, the problem is, once it starts there, they seek the kids. They're, they're, they're uncontrollable. This is their, I mean... I've said this very openly and it makes people uncomfortable. And I'm like, some, not all, not my following, I don't think. But if you follow this, the whole legalization of homosexuality and the behaviors that go along with it, we start with one thing and we arrive because they have no limit. They have no throttle. They have no stop. We arrive at where we are today 
with an entire movement that's wrapped around a rainbow flag calling itself LGBTQAI plus and whatever that has grown from the simple creating legality of a, of a, a sinful act that we get to the point now where now it's like kids are full game where they're walking down the streets telling you we're going to go after your kids. I mean, right. They've that had just two, happened. They were Right, and they have had two video productions come out of the the gay movement in San Francisco with the gay men's singing group that have said the exact same thing in the last three years. Literally, we're coming for your kids. It's like, all right, when are you going to get the message that this group cannot have, you can't allow it? I mean, it's ironic because at the core of what they're doing is fascism in the worst possible way. If someone says, as an example, notice how we do this, because it's a sexual behavior, somehow we say, I don't know how we get here, but it's okay what you do in your bedroom. But if somebody flies a Nazi flag in your home, in their home, we go after them. You can't put right. a Nazi flag in your window without somebody coming at you. You put a, a pride flag and you're like, oh, well, you're, 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 uh, you might like kids too, but that's okay. It's your choice. We can't have that. Yeah. Well, I, I, I would argue though that what we have to do is say you should be able to fly the Nazi flag in your bedroom or in your house. You know, that's, we have to, we have to, at some point, your house is your house. It's your, your kingdom. It's when you hurt your own children or hurt other people's children, you get out of that. You, you, you take it the next step. And honestly, the next step was, was really legalizing homosexual marriage. Now, you know, again, I know a lot of couples that are that are gay couples that are just fine. They're not our problem, okay? But the minute that they brought it into government, it became our problem. Mm-hmm. And then the, the and so the answer, and I said this when I was a libertarian candidate, I said the answer is not limiting gay people from getting married because there's no re- place in the country that you can't go in the United States. This is long before and and have two people stand up in front of God, their family and their friends and declare their undying love and be signed a sign in the Bible or something that they're going to be married. But uh, the answer is why do we go to the government and get a license? The answer is because the licensing is what got us involved in all this. And the licensing came about because after civil war, they didn't most of, most of the reason for licensing. I mean, it goes way back, but the formal licensing of marriage, for example, was about uh, not blacks, not whites, not marrying each other. Well, again, if the answer is let's get the government back into its little genie bottle where it needs to be. And let's not anybody use any of this. Like you're saying, it's a, they're using this, that, the satanic cabal is using this to wedge they wedge in there, just like they used medicine. They said it's not fair not to have subsidized medicine because poor people can't afford their own medical care. Well, that subsidized medicine means the government gets in and they take over and they ultimately kill you. I just think that's our that's the general principle. I we, we won't we won't go down too far into this, but I just no, want to say. But I just think there's a yeah. general principle that we need to look back on ourselves. You know, it's like it's like what's this whole thing about marriage licenses and who's who and what's it? It's all about entitlements. At the end of the day, for well, I for agree the, with that. But I just the, want to point out that the fight that is going on for the sake of humanity. Okay, yeah, if we're going to be totally yeah, honest. That's a different level, right? But watch what I'm going to say here: the fight for the for the future of humanity is between the Nazi pedophiles and the Christian right and the Christian, the Christian righteous, not righteous, but righteous. So when Putin is out here banning transgenders and, and banning LGBTQ movements, 
he's understanding what he's doing because he understands what they're trying to do. Now, so while right. we talk about like what you do in your bedroom, okay, that's all fine and good. Fly a Nazi flag in your house. The question is, can you keep it there? And the answer is a hundred percent of the time, no, they can't. Yeah. It doesn't stay within I the boundaries, right? And this is the problem we have here: is this is a moral and social cancer. And ultimately, if to do exactly what you're saying, if we go to the root of it, what is it? It's a satanic cult that also feeds on demonic activity, which at the end of the day, it deals with possession and sacrifice. Those two things all, it's like one big rabbit hole you go yep. into and you're like, oh, well, look at that. Wouldn't you know? And so, like you said, how is it possible that we arrive at this point? If we don't account for that, we arrive at this point with a war in Ukraine and we follow those symbolisms of their own symbol of Ukraine, and it takes us to Baal, which is the sacrifice <laughs> god of, of Satan. Right. And it's like, wow, everything loops. And so as a buddy of mine said over the weekend, and he's a he's been a I would just call him a centrist. He's worked with both sides and but the line that was crossed, and he's a really good operator, but the the line that was crossed is when they said, We're coming for your kids. And, and, he's, and his comment to me was this. There's only two places to stand now. Either you're with the pedos or you're with the Christians. That's it. And it's like, okay. that's. I mean, he's right. He's right. Yeah. And that's the world. It's, I think that Americans are having a very difficult, will have a very difficult time dealing with this because they have been so indoctrinated to accommodate. And this idea of being a melting pot, we can all be together. The accommodation right. comes at a cost. And the problem is, if I, I again, and we're going to water down the war in Ukraine and the war in our streets are one and the same. It's the fascist pedos versus the Christians. That is the war. Everybody else that thinks they can sit on the side, you're not. You're either going to have you're going to have to take a side. We're not. There's no middle ground anymore, right? I I just wanted to throw up on my shoes when I was at a, a GOP meeting that was the it, I just went in to watch it was the the local very small county local um what do you call it the kind of the the pre-election mm -hmm. meeting uh, I'm, I'm blanking on it the name of it but anyway you know what I mean it's not the, it's not your monthly meetings you your, your, your primary meetings you or something the, like the, the kind of the primary anyway and the and some local minister got up and gave a prayer to ukraine to start it and i wanted to say do you not know that they are murdering or well at least we think they are that we know that they're throwing orthodox russian-speaking orthodox priests yeah. out of their out of their churches desecrating the churches desecrating the icons and uh you know you see that that's one of the things that i noticed early on the, the wagner guys they'd go through and the russian army when they would go through these are russian orthodox troops and these guys would go through and and they would restore it as best they could and then move on you know they wouldn't they they were trying to that was some of the most moving footage was watching the wagner yeah. and russian troops go through the, the the churches and synagogues i don't know if they were synagogues mm -hmm. churches that the Orthodox churches that had been ravaged and to watch right. the absolute, uh, just the holiness of the way that they were in there. Those, those were not made up videos. Reverence. The reverence is the right term. Yeah. yeah. And they, and they, and they, they would, after they put the, the icons back up, they themselves would pray and, and do their little ceremony and go. Right. You know, no, I mean, they, had, they were clearly in the middle of the war, but they, yeah. No, it's really amazing. 
All right, so I've got to ask you a question because you sent me a f- off topic, and we're going to go into a little different topic now. But something you sent me a photo of, and I, I just, I was laughing. You know, I was laughing. You sent me a photo because you have bees now, by the way. <laughs> yeah, okay, like and, you. And so, yeah, and I, I have, I have three hives. I'm supposed to get two more this week. We'll see. But you have your your bees out there, and you're on down on the side of the box with your stethoscope. What are you doing? <laughs> I mean, okay, seriously, right. I, I have to be honest. In all the things I've seen with bees, I've not seen a, the stethoscope inspection process. Well, I just so I, I had a, I put a tie, I put it on my telegram. We said auscultation of bees. That's the term we <laughs> use for auscultation. It means listen to somebody's just. So yeah, so uh, my so my listen. I'm trying to think how old my hive is. I think it's only like four months or three months. I've had it. I think I got the bees in no, maybe not even that. About two months. So. You know, I see some activity and, and, um, and, but it's been a little dry and I've, I've actually been going out every day and I put a little water. In fact, I use chlorine dioxide a little bit in the water and I spread it on the front and, and slice it over, splash it over the, 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 the hive just because I think they might need some moisture. And man, they come out and they love it, you know. So I see the bees getting bigger and I see them, but I just don't see the big numbers that I used to when I had a hive in North Carolina. That was years ago. So I just thought, let me, li-, you know, I didn't want to, I just didn't want to disturb them. I didn't want to lift off the <laughs> lid to see what was going on. I don't, I'm not worried about lifting it off, but I just didn't want to disturb the their work. So I thought, I'll just listen to see. And it was very interesting. So I, first of all, I listened and I didn't hear anything. And I was kind of worried. It's kind of like listening to somebody's chest and you don't hear any crackles. You move the stethoscope around. Right? Right, so right. I started moving it around and then I started hearing a hum. You know, wow, nice. but what was interesting is, so it's all concentrated in an area in the, right now on this one side, on the north side of the hive. If I listen to anywhere else, I don't hear anything. But right in that middle box where presumably the queen is, uh, there's an area probably eight inches in diameter where I hear the humming. And it's cyclic. The interesting, I don't know if anybody's ever done this, and I don't know if there's any re- you know research on this, but I heard them and they would be going, hmm. And it would be quiet for a second. And mm, so they're not always buzzing all the time. Very interesting. I don't know what it means, but I just saw that. But but it kind of gives me an idea how much of the hive is getting filled. I think. Well, they so they to, do tend to build from center, and they're going to build yeah. out. And as they, and I'm not. I'm, I'm going to talk like I'm an expert. I'm I'm new to bees, so I've just learned this. But as you, um, as they build out, they're going to build out to where the outer couple frames are probably not going to be filled. And then what they'll do is, and they'll, they'll, that's where I noticed you've already got your, you've got two large boxes and I think a medium box, right? Yeah, your, those super, yeah. Right, so they're going to build into the second one. And then at some point, which you, and I need to get is what's called a queen excluder. So that's that, what I've got. And, and I need to put it between the, the top, when I put on a, a, a medium box, I need to put it between the top, the two lower large boxes and the medium box so that the bees can go up and make honey, but the, they won't put any brood up there. Right. That's what I have, because I didn't want to have to deal. I didn't have they didn't have I don't remember them having queen excluders years ago in the 80s when I started doing this in North Carolina. So, you you know, whenever you whenever you opened up the hive and you want to get some honey, there would be, you know, some baby bees in the in the. Well, I I have to go down and inspect mine. I haven't done it this week. I've been intending to, but I've got the two big ones on. I haven't checked them for about three weeks. Which is good. I went down and watched them. I was making sure, and they're busy. And you know, I love bees in the sense that they're like, we don't need you. Just let us do our thing. <laughs> we're, we're, we're we know what our mission is here. Our mission's to make honey and brood, right? 
It's pretty straightforward. But I, I, to be honest, I've never, you, you have to send that picture to the resistance chicks because I've never seen anybody do. Okay. Yeah. Well, here's the other thing I learned. So I had, um, uh, Matt Rusky on the podcast last night and he's oh, the yes. electroculture guru. And I asked him about, he, he made some comment about bees. Like when you, mm-hmm. when you put up these antennas, uh, the, you know, so the thing I learned first is these antennas magnetize your soil. They 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 restore the charge of your soil, so the plants can actually have their sap and everything run into their roots are opened up and everything works better. But it's more than that. He said when you put the more antennas you put up, the more it clears out the atmosphere. And with all this EMF junk going around, and with this chemtrails and everything, what you'll notice is your atmosphere in your area will be better. And the more people that do this, the more the bigger the atmosphere. It's kind of like a, mm, a, an aura around that area. And he said you'll see more insects, more um, more butterflies, more birds. Everything starts coming into your garden, which I have noticed. But the bees, uh, I said, how about the bees? And he said, oh, they love it. They'll love it. It's not going to because I said I I put one down there, but I didn't. He said. People that put it right close to the hive notice a difference. So I'm going to move my antenna a little this. closer to the hive. And yeah, they're they are so, so easy. easy to make. I don't know how you do it. I, I, I just, I don't put, I don't put them around wood. I wrap them around a PVC piece and pull it off so that it's just straight up copper in a coil with a coil going right into the ground. Well, and that'll work. He says the benefit of having local wood is it has the resonance kind of it's grown up in the resonance of your don't don't buy wood okay. elsewhere, but just take a, a branch that you have that's that's straight and just put it in the put, put it in the soil. It's best to get it up over six feet. That's why you kind of having a branch is helpful. You want to get it into the ether. So you need to kind of go above six feet, according to him. But I'm going to try. I'm going to move oh, it closer to the bees. But the other thing I've heard is that just the. Uh, like people with PTSD and and for lots of things, just going down and listening to the bees, ha- being around their humming, you know, they're humming and they're they're they actually cavitate. They don't really fly by flapping, you know, they cavitate, and it's levitation in a way. So their humming is 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 a is a resonance that is healing apparently. So, well, that that's not okay. So it's interesting what you said because. I, I know you shared that with me when I, I got this from Pastor Brad Cummings and Kelly, okay. his wife, and they work with a Ukrainian, former Ukrainian beekeeper. Wow. Try this one. And he talks about how they were curing people of all sorts of ills, including PTSD, by having them sleep in between the hives for like three different nights. Wow. So... And they would set up a bed, and then they would put them between the hives, and it was the the frequencies of the hive that are actually healing the body. I totally buy into that. I should get another, at least another I, hive, then, so I have a. a you need to have two hives, have two and hives. you need to put a mattress out there, and then go out there at night, and then just lay down next to the hives and sleep. Wow! Have you ever tried now? So you and I have this classic hives of the boxes, the Langenroth or whatever they're called hives. But have you ever tried those top? Those top hives, they say that to put them by a garden. That's the one. Um, You're talking about, yeah, the, the long they ones. They look like the, just a the, V shape of wood and they've got a little roof over them. I don't quite know how they work, but. Well, they're similar. It's just it's supposed to be easier access because you can lift it up and then have access to everything right there. I've heard mixed reviews on them, not enough positive or negative to sway me. Okay. I mean, I'm just, I, I kind of stayed with the traditional way of doing things, which I think you have more personally what I like about. The way the the traditional way is is the you have a box of honey that you can pull out right. I mean yeah. that's physically you're pulling out the box of honey, which 
is a it makes processing much easier. Yeah. So, yeah, and I didn't really start it for the honey as much as I wanted the pollinators. But now, you know, I heard, I read somewhere just the other day, 50% of the beehives died like last year or year before. Oh, it's incredible numbers. And a lot of this is the, is this GMO garbage, these um, GMO seeds matched by these highly uh, modified pesticides and herbicides. Yeah. That are killing their the plants are is exuding a some sort of toxin as I understand it, and then the they're spraying these things to ex, work with that, and it's just slaughtering the bees. That's and they're going to blame it on uh, hive collapse or a mite. They're they're blaming it on a mite, and they literally right. want us to vaccinate the bees in my state. Are oh, you yeah, kidding that's me? That's another one. <laughs> yeah, they did that. And so, did, you know, they did this in Australia, but it's horrible because what they've been doing is if you won't, if you're, they have a mite that they claim is there, they don't test for it. They just come in and say to them, your bees are in the area of a, of a mite. And I've, the footage on it is devastating to watch because they literally just soak the whole hive with kerosene and light it no, off no. and they burn the hives right there. I mean, these, these people are criminal. They're, they're actually, everything they're doing the design plan is always to destroy the, the source of food so that we have to become reliant on their manufactured genetic crap that they want to feed us. But what's amazing to me are the number of willful fools and idiots out here that go along with this that cease to think. I mean, there's just, there's a, there's a disconnect. It's like, why would you, they're doing this with white tailed deer in, 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 uh, yeah. in Texas right now. If there's a supposedly a brain parasite, which they can only determine if they have it, if they kill the animal. So they can't prove they have it. But then when they do say they, the only way that they can prevent it, they say, is to kill the whole herd. So, I mean, think of the logic of that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad like they, going, th- that's going to be the next move for humans. That's, that is their move for humans. Right. We, it we're going to solve COVID. We're going to kill you all. <laughs> right. And people will be like, there'll be a whole bunch of people going, oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, only when you start uh, with those guys over there. Not me. <laughs> oh <my laughs> that's that's the, the thinking. It's insane. So what else do you have going on in your research, which you've been heavily in Wagner and you've been doing bees with a stethoscope, which is amazing. And what else? Well, I guess I, I guess the crazy lack of true history. I mean, you know, I, I, I like old parts, the out-of-place artifacts and these things that they tell us that just can't be true. To me, that that's kind of important to wake people up because when you show them things that they've learned in childhood and they believed all their lives and it just can't be true. That kind of shakes you that what else are they lying to me about? Um, You know, and and like one of them is uh, these medieval and Renaissance paintings that they claim were made and beautiful, very detailed. We've all seen them, uh, you know, these really beautiful use of light and highly detailed paintings that they claim were like the Dutch, the Flemish school, for example. And they claim that they were, they were, created in the 1400s and 1500s but they they were made in those days theoretically with with oil paints that were made with a mortar and pestle now now we have non radio or we have radiographic ways of non destructive uh, assays of these paintings to figure out how they were built and they the art the art people are looking at these and they they realize they some of these paintings they're made with 2 and 5 micron layers so What's the story there? How can that possibly be? Uh, those are two and mi- five micron isn't even modern oil paints. We're talking about very sophisticated chemistry for laser uh, printing ink kind of thing. 
So, uh, you know, that's one of those ones or the, the great megalith, the Baalbek, you know, that they, they claim was made, were made with, you know, slaves and, and ropes and, and just good luck. You know, well, it doesn't work that way. We, they've tried. To Wouldn't that be this. a riot if we discovered like ancient technology that was a HP three, uh, inkjet printer that was doing all these paintings that people are paying millions for? Well, yeah. Or the time. See, so yeah, one of these things is wrong. Either, either, right. either there was there that there are, we are rediscovering, and I, I think part of, part of me has come to the belief that our history has been psych, we've been cyclically destroyed on this planet, and there was a much more advanced civilization in the past that was worldwide, and we have re we have they have systematically destroyed evidence of it as much as they can, but there's certain certain things that creep out, and it creeps out in our language. So, for example, in my little county. Um, actually, Iowa's an interesting state because unlike other states, we have 99 separate counties that are all about the same size, equally spaced in the state. And we're in the center of the nation. And then in, in the center of Iowa is this big Taj Mahal domed capital that with this beautiful gold dome. And the oversized doors and windows and everything that we associate with the old, old buildings and then. Every but every little county has the same kind of building with this dome, right? There's something unusual about that. And if anybody's been following the Tartarian disclosure kind of stuff, is there was there really, you know, see you find old globes, old maps that have Tartaria, which is kind of where Russia is today, you know? So there's this ancient civilization. And I the thing that got me looking at this in my own state was my grandfather, my great-grandfather homesteaded here when there was very low population. I mean, a couple thousand people in 1871. And they claim that in by 1910, and he was in a covered wagon. I mean, I heard all these stories from my grandfather and grandmother. They, they, he was he came out here from Kentucky and Tennessee with a, in a covered wagon with some oxen and, and shovels. I mean, that's literally what they, it was really the homesteading kind of stuff. They didn't have anything meant to, to make a lot of money, and there wasn't a lot of uh, equipment and, and whatever. But by 1910, they claimed they had built this magnificent courthouse made of big stone blocks and a dome and fabulous mosaic floors and beautiful brass handrails and everything. It cost $875,000 in 1910 dollars. That's a lot of money for a little farming, uh, for that. And we are the, we are, I, we might still be, but we are traditionally, when my dad was alive, he told me this, we would have been the second poorest county in Iowa. Very hilly, not the best farmland, not the bottomland, you know. So what's going on here? And then I started thinking about it. So then a friend of mine says, Oh, you're crazy. I went down. So I went down to the courthouse to try and find a picture of the building of the building and I couldn't find one, but they gave me a little story about it. But somebody else had found at the uh, Historical Society a picture of the building of the building, they claim. But it just shows them putting on some blocks. It shows some cranes up there and then putting on some blocks. But think of the words, foundation. We build a building on a foundation. Like we found things. I'm thinking, you know, it's like when I oh, found an, found a nation. We, yeah, and we found these buildings and we've reconstructed things. You know, I don't think these were built by my, I don't think these were completely paid for and built in 1910 by these poor farmers that had shovels. I mean, my grandfather was, I'm going to go back. My grandfather has a diary and I'm going to go back and review everything he wrote about this. It's like 1918. 
I went and reviewed what he said about 1918, and this is the equivalent of the, the great pandemic, you know, and it started in our neighboring state of Kansas. You would think if it was such a pandemic, it would have spread to Iowa, right? We're on the southern portion of Iowa near Kansas. His his entire speech was, um, uh, so-and-so got sick, and they're over it now. He got sick one day. Wow. He says, I, got, I think I got the flu yep. one day. And then all during this time, people are coming, relatives coming from Canada. I mean, there was no, there was no big deal about this. So the lot of our history isn't right. And that's where I think that. No, it's, I agree with that. That's a, that's a big issue of us rediscovering who we are yeah. and coming to, coming to grips with the fact that we have been deeply lied to. And it goes into science. It goes into like, the, we were just talking about bees and the healing frequencies of bees. And I don't know, every time we turn around, it's pretty clear that they're trying to clip off an ability for us to think. I mean, the most obvious that sh- people should be able to look at now and then run backwards with it is say, you're trying to remove all supplements in Canada. Why? Well, because they work. And then, and everything's been about bringing in more big pharma, pharmacia into people's lives. This is the big thrust right now, which is the, this is kind of the apex of the war. Right. Right now is where you have the the greatest push of the Satanists and the you know un, under their their pedo flag fighting against the Christians that are literally now the war and we're not feeling it here strongly because so many people are still deluded. Right. I mean they're they're walking in the cloud going, oh yeah, okay, cool. You know I'm gonna have to eat some more genetically modified food that'll help me. That'll you help know. you and the fluoride in your water now. I, uh, here's a yep. thing I just learned when I was up speaking in Canada and I met a doctor that's been in the fluoride fight forever as I have been in the fight, but not to this degree. 97% of the world's fluoridated people are in the United States of America. Oh in other goodness. words, what we think is normal is not normal. It came here after the world war II and the Nazis and it got, it, had, my dad actually did some of the original research that they used to justify it. I mean, this is, this was a fluoride is a terrible and and why did why did it come here well the nazis used it in their death camps because it kept people calm and stalin when he heard about it this is not people say the, the truth sayers the the uh the the, the, the uh, intelligence services that run these fact check organizations they say this is false 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 but i have evidence for this they the there's in the they don't translate this stuff the russian the stalins did did do this he did a study to look at fluoridation in the death camps in the gulag because of the the german use of it and he found that he could get rid of 25 percent of the guards in the gulags by fluoridating the water because it calms people down it makes you not as sharp what did the Chinese put in their soils? They put selenium and they put iodine. What do we do? We we tell you that the vitamins are bad and it all makes expensive urine. And instead of iodine, which we used to use before World War II to stabilize wheat, we now use bromine. And what does bromine do? It makes you not absorb iodine well, which decreases your IQ. And that's what fluoride does, by the way, they've shown in children. But, you know, there's there's a, a, a medical actual term for this when you have iodine deficiency and mental retardation that is that is real and so we are we're somebody's doing this to us not to mention the the club of rome which really is the the most recent attack i would say headquarters the club of rome's goal is to decrease co2 and we are at the world's lowest levels if it goes lower plants won't grow and we will be dead who is doing this and why would you want to do that 
And anybody that thinks right. that sounds no, crazy, just look at what the pot growers do. They put CO2 into their tents. Look at what the vegetable growers do. They pump CO2 in their tents because there's not enough in our atmosphere right now. That's interesting. Yeah. So it's really interesting. Yeah. There's, there's no such thing as a, as a coincidence or, right. or a, <laughs> anymore. There's no such thing as a conspiracy theory because it's just a matter of how long it takes to get it proven. I mean, these are, these are crazy very real issues and being challenged to humanity. Um, just uh, kind of the last question here, when you're dealing with detoxification, because you've done a lot of this, and we're going to talk about like detoxifying from fluoride and that would be decalcifying your pineal gland and a variety of other things. What if you could take all these things out of your environment and you could literally, how long do you think it would take the body to detoxify? Well, you know, there are ways to do it. This is why, no, I can't tell people to use chlorine dioxide because I don't want to go to jail. But I tell you, I use it every day. And I think that it makes a difference right away. You will, the the thing of it is, it's like fluoride in the bath, okay? When you realize we should have, instead of studying biology more, we should have studied physics more. Because if you understand how poisons work, and by the way, you mentioned pharmacia, of course, in the Revelation, when it said, by pharmakia will all nations be deceived, pharmakia in the ancient old Greek was translated, it was actually means sorcery. That was, that was mm-hmm. what it meant. So, so we are, we are being, um, purposely poisoned. And I think when people realize that we have a way out of this, um, partially by, I think, I, chlorine dioxide is God's gift to mankind. I, I, I really can't say that enough, strongly enough. I think it really, it's the universal antidote because of the because of its chemistry and its its voltage of dissociation is perfect to to deal with all this these toxins scarfing up electrons and for example it will it will the chlorine dioxide will harm like parasites are more needy in certain ways and chlorine dioxide actually harms the parasites but doesn't harm your good bacteria for this reason because there's a difference in this whole chemistry of of the electron transport that's important in when you deal with toxins and so it that's why it's it's not corrosive but it is it is uh it'll sterilize water but not corrode the pipes and and this by the way you know it's important because as you just pointed out about Canada they, the Canadians cannot import chlorine dioxide crystals yeah really? they can't they can, Amazon sells them but they can't get them we can still get them, and I recommend people stock up because it. It the point here is I don't know how we completely. I don't think we can completely get out of this without stopping the electromagnetic nightmare that we're in. Look at what just happened to the whales out in the in the ocean because mm-hmm. they put these stupid wind farms in, and these wind farms we've known for a very long time have bad physiologic outcomes. They produce an ELF, an extra long frequency that is ongoing, that does not attenuate. It goes through mountains and, and bounces off the other side of the world and goes all over. And I, and I can say that years ago when I was uh, in the Navy, I stationed a couple t- times at the submarine base up in Groton. And at that time, in the late 70s, the, um, the Greenpeace was all upset about, oh, you, you bad Navy people, you're using these ELFs to call your nuclear submarines, and that's damaging the whales. Okay, they were talking specifically about the whales migration patterns, but whatever it is, they said they were damaging the whales at the time. I thought they were nuts, but now I think they were right. But what they were wrong mm-hmm. of what what the point is, though, why were they saying that when the Navy was just putting out short bursts of these ELFs to call the submarines because it doesn't attenuate. It gets their attention. Then they come up for data. Right. You can't get data on an ELF very much. 
But now that they're they're the same people, where's Greenpeace and where are the do-gooders about the whales, about these super, super damaging wind farms out in the ocean? And these whales are dying. They're not the only things dying. It's our bees. It's our, you know, I don't even see as many cockroaches. And we thought they could survive the Armageddon. That's a good point. So I think that's that's where we are. We're going to have to, we can, we can take care of the poisons. I personally think we can undo this, this vaccine nightmare. You know, the problem is if it's true that five, some billion people have been vaccinated, we're not just going to get to them all. And, and no, it's, that's, that's a true statement. I mean, I think that's, that's a whole, we'll have to do another show on that because there's a lot of theories, but but it's, it's a just true statement. Yeah. yeah, that's that's our biggest issue. But I think I, I think we can I, I'm absolutely sure that we can turn it around, but it's going to be turned around with a lot fewer people unless people really wake up right now. And I don't think we can wake right. up 5.2 billion people right now. <laughs> well, you and I can't, but we'll see. <laughs> that's good. Well, Dr. Mayor, let's pray. We're going to close out the show. Let's do a prayer. Thank you. So, Father, we just want to thank you for this great meeting and, and once again, a fantastic conversation with Dr. Lee Merritt. We just thank you for her and all that she does and continue to ask you to bless her and provide her with the resources needed as she moves forward to continue to speak truth and, and open minds and just turn our eyes back to Jesus as we walk here to realize the, the challenges that are ahead of us and the might that it's going to take both in our faith and the efforts of our hands to restore this world back to the glory of kingdom. And we say these things in Christ Jesus name. Amen. You. You know, I, I think that one of the things people miss is, or they like to think, this is where I think we kind of let's close with this comment. And it's just that there's a desire to have this resolve quickly. We're, we're very much a product of drive through culture. <laughs> you know, I want my Big Mac. I want my, I want my Whopper in my way. I want my coffee in a styrofoam cup now and hot at exactly 186 degrees or whatever it is that McDonald's keeps it at now. I mean, that's what they want, but they don't understand how deep this mess is and how much work it's going to take. And it's not going to be anything, the great hand that's going to come in and suddenly fix it, but it is going to take the diligence of like you're talking about and understanding the solutions and understanding that there's some real loss in this period of time. We're in. Yeah, there's going to be some real loss. And I mean, we're seeing it still. We're, that soccer player that died that's 28 years old, uh, not soccer, basketball mm-hmm. just recently, you know, kid got myocarditis from the vaccine and then was on, getting a stress test and died on the on the treadmill. How sad. I just saw that this morning. I mean, yeah. we, you know, and the Ukrainians dying. But the, 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 the enemy that we're dealing with, the satanic enemy, they just love chaos. Keep in mind, every time they, they try and divide you from your fellow man, that's wrong. They're, that's what they're doing. And they, 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 they love hatred. They love these negative thoughts and these negative vibrations. And we got to get out of that. We absolutely do. That's absolutely true. Well, awesome having you on today. It's been too long. We'll have to do it again, again soon. Hey, thanks so much. Hope you have a very, you bet. Have a blessed yeah, you day. Too. I'll talk to you See soon. You. All right. God bless. And welcome back to the second hour of uh, Radio 5G. It is July 5th, 2023. My name is Nancy Hopkins, and with me is Mark Joseph. So um, before we begin, I want to read you guys something. Oh, come on. Read you something. It, this is, if you bring up uh, uh, the search engine, you'll get for Barb's uh, FM. His name is Scott Kesterson. And I want to read you what he's got on his, I guess it would be his website. The probably find it on his website. Okay. Um, episode War is a Teacher. 
soldiers is students. Faith and knowledge, the greatest weapons of war. Through stories, we reshape the narratives to strengthen our resolve, awaken the truth, expand our vision beyond the limits of the matrix, and bring us closer to God. In the end, God wins. So this man's doing some very good work. And, and Mark, you've been listening to more of him. Um, can you just give me your feelings about him? Yeah, he's a very Christian-based former DOD. Um, I mean, I'm not Christian, but I do acknowledge certain things in nature and universe. Uh, but I like his presentation and the people he surrounds himself with. So he's talked to, uh, I mean, obviously, Dr. Merritt, uh, the five docs, the Kerry Maday and Northrop um, uh, 107, to people out on the field, like in the border, Michael Yon, things like that. So, and aside from his usual, um, you know, religious offerings, I mean, it's all free. Um, so my way of donating was about a shirt, and and he does have like a, a flag and our other merchandise and. Um, but and, and also you recently had a uh, Bards Fest up in Yuba City, California, which is maybe like five hours north of me, close to the Oregon border. Um, people can go to, I think, Brighteon, if not Rumble, uh, to check those out. It was, um, and they're going to do that once a year, but they're also going to do Bards Fest in Kansas and a couple other places. Um, so I like his, his intel and his interpretation of not just current events, but honing it back to what can you do as an individual in, in decentralization in your county. And he, those are the kinds of people he talks to, aside from his own. Like, you could download his podcast for free in any podcast app. So um, the easiest for me is the Apple one, even though Apple, the, the podcast banned InfoWars for whatever reason. Um, I mean, he's not, I mean, Alex is cool, but he's, he doesn't get that in deep as far as what Bards does and other people. But, um, yeah, so he does, like, almost daily current event stuff for free, like, for an hour. So it's really cool. And over the years, he's talked to Dr. Merritt of these kinds of subjects. And it, it's great that it's quality information. So um, highly recommend them to people as far as getting a, a proper lay of the land in terms of practicality and your own personal application and what you can do personally. Back to you. Uh, thank you for that. Because you mentioned uh, the podcast, I need to tell our listeners that um, it on our podcast station, which is Castro or something like that, it's the link that we give you um, on, on CosmicReality.com, uh, apparently Google is, is censoring us because um, Ani Avedisian, the, you know, uh, Mar metaphysical martini show they checked it out and they couldn't they, they pushed the button I, I had pushed the button initially but um, when they pushed the button recently their website was not on Google so I checked into it and sure enough cosmic reality isn't either now the odd thing is is that if you go to Google podcast and you put cosmic reality into the search you'll find us up to date I mean it's up to date you find us but it's they're making it impossible to find it from you know like that link on our our station and probably any other link that might take you to 
two cosmic realities. They're blocking that. You can go in the back door, so to speak, and you can find us. But Derek, when I informed Derek of the situation, because he's the owner of everything, he could get into the back side of it. So what he did was he went in uh, anonymous or under a different name and then um, hit subscribe. Apparently, you can do that in Google Podcasts. I'm not familiar with them all. And so it said that he had subscribed, but he could watch it on the backside to see, did it register? And no, it did not. So I call this a, a soft sensor. You know, they can say, oh, no, it was up. You know, it's been up. But no, it's 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 up. But it's very difficult to get to. And once you get there, you can't even subscribe to us. So it's just a heads up on uh, something that Derek said he was going to make some kind of badge of honor for, <laughs> for those of us. You know, that might be something to think about, Mark. Everybody that's been censored from YouTube or Google or wherever else, you know, we get badges <laughs> that we can put on our website. Badge of honor, you know, YouTube took us down. Badge of honor, Google's blocking us. Badge of honor, you know, I mean, it'd be, it'd be another one of those in-your-face things, you know. So, anyway, those people that have to hunt for it or go to it, I mean, you can find it in our archives. Our archives are always there. Well, actually, one day they weren't, but it got fixed within a very short period of time. And, yes, they... I don't know if I told you this, Mark, but <clears throat> my website wasn't up. So I go to Weebly, which is the server station for the website, and they said that there had been, I mean, I'm talking to the technicians and stuff, and they said, well, something's wrong with the coding, the, the stuff that makes the website go. We're going to have to re reload everything, and, and it was going to take, uh, you know, two, maybe four days to do this, and whatever they they found whatever somebody had screwed with it with the with the website they had actually mucked with it and i guess weebly's got a pretty good technical staff because they found it very quickly the problem they didn't have to upload everything um and uh, because i've got a huge 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 amount of data up there um so uh yeah it's like we we should Put a badge of honor on ourselves, you know. We must be tickling the beast. Oh, and then they did this, and then they did that. So anyway, on to this show. Um, what what tickled me, and maybe you've heard him enough times. Why did he get into the bees? He and Merritt are both doing bees. Did did you hear it? Why he got into it? Has he talked about it at all? Yeah. So his regular updates of um going local state by state county by county um he's emphasized like obviously growing your own food networking and one of them is is bees as a as far as another resource um and uh, <clears throat> i don't know if they mentioned it the last time they both talked but um electroculture was a thing uh dr Merritt <clears throat> has been bringing up in various interviews and i think even with with um uh, bards and bees is just part of it because it's the garden thing so and obviously pre-interview they talk about stuff and, and what are the topics and they, they've been both big on bees on their own so that that's what kind of got and how to obviously op optimize uh, those things and so <clears throat> as far as the networking goes uh, bards does have a telegram 
So you do the HTTPS, what is it? Semicolon double slash t.me forward slash bards fm family room. And um, it's a good hang, like as far as this uh, podcast and your your shows, you know, Shungite's a big theme there. So if you if you get in the group uh, and you type in Shungite, I've posted a bunch of stuff that I would usually post, like with the um, stem cell increase and, and uh, exponential growth with, with um, bees from the Veterans Today article. And um, those are like my go-to top twos, you know, for Shungai highlight history. Um, well, have they ever come back and, and no. asked more? No. There's I a tried. lot of people that posted Shungai stuff because you put in Shungai and like there's about maybe 10 posts. So each, uh, like some of those posts I did reply with your guys' links, archives and Facebook group. So it's there. Yeah, because um, I, I would love to be able to tell these people about the bees. Uh, the Shungite connection to bees is absolutely astounding. They mentioned that, you know, attacks uh, by uh, the, the, the mite there, it's the Viola mite or something. And, you know, of course, the collapse, co colony collapse. And in the three years that Derek was able to actually work on the bees, he never lost a bee from mites, from disease, or from colony collapse. There were no dead bees. And he went from 250,000 50,000 bees in his hives. He had two of them when he got the Shungite. And all it was was the Shungite nuggets. And he put the Shungite nuggets on the door. Now, if a bees don't like something, they, they, they just get rid of it. They'll, they, they've taken rats and and that they killed inside the hive, taken them out of the hive and thrown them on the ground. That's what the bees can do. So um, if they don't like something like a branch falls on the hive or something, they will get rid of it. But instead of getting rid of the Shungite nuggets, they actually use the, the uh, glue, the pulpolis, to glue down the, the nuggets onto the, onto the uh, doorway. So then he and I got together, and that was how I met him, was through the bees. I, somebody knew that he was working with the bees. I don't know how. And um, then I found out, and I, somehow or another we connected, and that's what started his and I my relationship. So at that point, um, I said, I think if you use the powder, you're going to get even a, more of an effect. And so he took the powder and he put it in a little container, a little plastic container that you put a silver dollar and put that, just the powder in that and put it on the outside of the, uh, the opening. And within a matter of a few hours, all of the powder was gone because they kept walking through it, covering themselves with it and going into the hive. And after that, those 250,000 turned into millions of bees. He ended up having uh, and this is 17 that I'm talking, 17 or 18. Um, I think this is seven, 17. And so he had eight, he ended up with eight hives because they kept making more queens, which is unusual for them to make as many queens. And he couldn't keep up with it all. So, you know, he had, he had enough for eight hives that he managed to keep going. But the rest of them, millions of them went into the environment and this was uh, he had just moved into this particular area and the neighbors kept telling him 
We don't I, we don't know what's happening. This is not usual. You see all these flowers and all these blooms and the the apple trees were so overplenished with apples that the tree limbs were actually breaking. And they said they'd never seen anything like it. Well, it was because of the amount of bees that were in the area. And Dr. Merritt mentioned that she had got the bees for pollination. Well, they got to they we've got to get this information about the shungite to them because they're they're because they're making bees, you know. It's it's like the 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 thing here is is save the bees, and uh, so you know. And, and then in one of the one year, uh, he it was when he was moving, and it was between sixteen and no, it was seventeen and eighteen. Between seventeen and eighteen, when he was moving, he actually had four hives left, I believe, because they die off at the end of the season and then you have a core amount of the bees that actually maintain the queen and whatever brood is there through the through the winter and there was a terrible snowstorm he got snowbound at the other place where he was moving to and couldn't get back for three days to the bees and when he got back two of the hives were completely dead but two of them were fine and it turned out the difference between the two was that the two that were fine had been painted with shungite paint. So, I mean, this is this is not something that you can just say, oh, you're just, you don't know it. No, we've got, we've got proof. You can count the bees, you know, that you can count the bees. You can see that they're living in, in and everybody else in his neighborhood that winter lost all the bees because of the winter. But he still had, you know, two, well, at that point, they're starter hives because they, they, they were down in numbers, but they survived the winter. So if you see some option that we can get to these people, I'm going to go over to uh, the website and pull. He's got a whole bunch of documentation on the website that he keeps updating. So, uh, yeah, uh, but it, it, it was just it tickled me that they're into the bees because without the bees there is no plants i mean they got phony bees china's making phony bees ai robotic bees but um you know we can turn everything around that's what i'm saying is that we can turn everything around we understand enough that we can turn it all around god has our back and i'm with mark um i was brought up a catholic and i honor the you know the people that believe in the messaging but i'm sorry the vatican is way too dirty for me <laughs> you know i walked away from that thing a long time ago so anyway um so they got into a lot of things there what, what would you like to comment on yeah, the whole thing. The whole thing was good. I don't know because um, the original was maybe ninety minutes, and then you honed it down so people can listen to the whole thing, and then Bards' other stuff at uh, uh, Rumble. It's Bards FM official channel, and so the interview was uh, posted on the thirtieth of June. Um, yeah, I like that they were all over the place, but it does connect because it comes to personal empowerment. So. Um, one of the highlights for me was um, the whole thing with Pride Month. And then I like how um, a lot more um, 
uh, independent-minded people are flipping it around to American Pride Month this month. <laughs> so, um, and then you know you hear the thing of Trudeau making Pride Summer. So you know we can do the same thing, and it ha and encompass it's more all-encompassing. So, um, and then I like his he did do a maybe it was a week ago something about planting the flag. That's the title of his uh, current events. Um, our uh, current uh, commentary of that that's a way of claiming territory and so you see these rainbow flags all over the place and and i like uh <clears throat> karen mcdonald's take on it where why is it that you know it's it's obviously the colors of the rainbow but why is red at the top and purple at the bottom generally speaking for these flags it's an inversion of the energy system and so when you see that's what she said so check out her interviews too on rumble and and youtube but when you see what they're doing in inversion of, of nature, then okay, you can trace it back to um, the perversion of, of, of creation and, and the template and blueprint of, of all things. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm all for like uh, exploration and seeing what tools work for you, whether you call it white or black magic, but when you're reduced down to taking someone's work copying it and inverting it what does that say about your uh, or, or that that uh, perspectives um foundation i mean we know there are other universes out there and other let's say creators so and, and each of us have that spark of of creation and to source and i know there are certain marvel movies that also show that eventually we can get to the level of creating our own universes. So why reduce yourself and lower yourself to, you know, just inverting and then perverting and, and mutating, right? When you can just make your own thing. So, um, anyway, the the uh, one of, one of the highlights was um, Dr. Merritt using a stethoscope to listen to the bees. So, in the Shungite show, if you go to the CosmicReality.net archives. Um, we've talked about you can buy a CD of B sounds, different kinds of B sounds for different things. Obviously, you can go on YouTube and listen to B sounds, but really, what is the sound quality? What is the um, origination of it? So, um, I recommend buying the CD itself or MP3. Um, not sure it was posted, but maybe we could bring it up again in the Shungite show for for healing purposes. You don't yeah. even need to play it. Do you remember the name of the woman that that did it? I can see her face in my no. my mind. It begins with I didn't an ask S. Derek. Um, yeah, um, I, yeah. She she would. We had her on years ago. Let's bring her back. And, yeah. Well, that, I'm. That's why I'm. I'm thinking. You know. <laughs> okay. She. Um, and those bees. What they had done is they had taken bees from the Mayan uh, villages. They hadn't taken them. They went down there. And actually uh, got permission from. Apparently, the Mayans have like certain people that are responsible for the bees, and they gave permission to record the sounds from those bees, Mayan bees, and the effect of just being surrounded by the the sound. See, sound is is a vibration, is an energy. And there's so many ways and places that you can hear about it. I could talk for quite a while on just sound and its healing potentials. But 
the bees definitely are magical. So there might be other bee tapes out there, and I will look it up. I gotta uh, because I I was thinking of her. Well, when I heard this this tape, I said, "Oh wow!" I said, "They gotta know about these these CDs that are already done," and you know, I mean, essentially they're saying go take a nap between the the or sleep overnight between two beehives. Uh, well, you can take the sound and put it into your environment, the music of it, and you're kind of accomplishing the same thing because it sound is vibration. Yes, it's probably more magical to be out there between the bees, but at the same time, it's not the most convenient thing. So again, something to to consider, and I'll try to get this woman. Uh, I, I, I can see, I can see her picture. That's in the. I, I just saw it a couple of days, not a couple of days ago, but not too long ago. I saw her picture and I said, "Oh, okay. I got to remember where that picture is," <laughs> which I think I do. Um, so we'll we'll do more about that because he, even Derek is trying to get back into doing much more with the bees. He goes out and he talks a lot, and uh, a lot of it is shungite and the bees. So anyway. Um, the flag thing, uh, okay, the pride flag. I had a friend of mine that was gay and she would send me pride flags and they were neat and the energy was neat off of them. But now they're making it into a symbolism of pedophilia. Is that what I understood from that interview? Uh, more or less, he reduced it down to that. Well. The symbolism, it's all around us, and uh, I don't know, Mark. The pedophilia thing is just, the more you, the more we, we go deeper into the rabbit hole, the more this is, and it's, even for people like me, who sort of is a conspiracy person when I was 15, it's very hard to get your head wrapped around how intrusive this pedophilia stuff is and accepted throughout the society. It just doesn't make any sense. It makes more sense to listen to Lee Merritt talk about the religion of, what is it, Bala? The sacrifice of children? What is that religion? Yeah, so she was connecting it from what Zelensky was wearing, that um, sigil, the um, I think it was the Azov sigil, if not the Ukrainian, and then you connect it back to... Um, Kazarian, and then it connects back to Moloch symbol, which is uh, child sacrifice. Right. Do you, do you know anything about this religion? I mean, I've heard it before, but I kind of like don't want to know. But now I'm getting to the point where I'm thinking I better know my enemy. No, um, I mean, I, I, I suppose anybody can look up Moloch worship. How do you um, spell that? How do you spell that? M O L O C H. C H. Yeah. Okay. An interesting thing to do is a Google image search of that um, Azov symbol or, or the symbol that, what's his name, Zelensky wears, and then see what pops up. Because, um, I mean, I know we don't trust Google for most things. Google shopping's great, but the image uh, search could come up with something different. So you can compare it to, say, like a brave image search to um bing and, and see what comes up as far as information <clears throat> but if it <clears throat> relates to kazaria i mean we already talked about that with um mike harris and uh 
Preston James's Veterans Today article and interviews on the history of the Khazarians and, and you know, how that all connects to all sorts of things. Um, so to give some people tools here, uh, I posted in the Shungite um, reality Facebook group about the bees thing. Um, so I, all I did was type in TD uh, in the search. And then so the, the site is healingbees.org to buy the CDs. But if you just want to buy the MP3, it's um, gaearth.com forward slash product forward slash healing dash bees dash the dash creation dash mp3 and it's like four bucks to get the mp3 um and then the the healing bees site has a whole history and and graphics so i think that's good to bring back up on the shungai show again um whether this week yeah. or next it's it's um just more tools for people to use you know violet flame Haponopono, love blankets heart c60 you know they're all fields of information we have easy access to so just you know uh, the Batman utility belt. Just add more more gear to it. So, what was it? Um, it'll be an interesting comparison of electroculture antennas to Shanghai to like adding or using both. Um, that, that's, that was the other thing. She was talking about some antennas that she had out near the bees. What were those things about? So people can look up electroculture on YouTube. There's a popular... Oh, what's his name? Uh, anyway, on Twitter and, and, and YouTube has a lot of stuff on it. It's basically you take local wood, like a six foot long piece of wood, and then wrap copper around it, plant it in your, your, your garden, and then it creates a field and even clears out chemtrails and EMF, supposedly. Um, even uh, Catherine Fitz's, what do you call it, um, company, Solari Report, they interviewed the guy. I think it was like, a cultivate elevate that's the um youtube channel where he had a hand in making it go viral and um yeah obviously a huge topic um so what was it on uh a healing oh no that was on the bees the healing resonance and it it, it fixed people's ptsds sleeping between the hives um uh, stuff also we covered before in the shungite show over over the years and um <clears throat> so the interesting thing with where Dr. Merritt lives is that they're going to be giving the injection to the bees. And so we know that Shungai can obviously, um, what's the word, uh, dissipate those things. I don't know if electroculture can, maybe a more rigged up, fixed up version of that. Uh, now, there's no electricity feeding the uh, these pieces of wood with the copper, correct? They're just out there. Yeah, that's that's what it is basically. I'm sure there's there's more to it if you look into it. Um, but the, not only does it help the crops grow faster, but it attracts birds, insects, and other animals. So there, yeah. Um, I, I mean, if, if well, this is what it, so, it, mm -hmm. it sounds, it sounds to me similar to the same, let's say, enterology science that goes behind a cloudbuster, because you got a, a piece of wood. And coil. Uh, the, the wooden coil thing is is sticking in my head because, oh, probably it must have been about 2015. We found out about a guy in Europe 
who was going to different lakes and the people, you know, like, okay, you got a, a polluted lake. The universities around the area will start to try to figure out how to get the pollution gone. And so he would go to those places and he said, if you uh, let me, I can make these lakes pristine by this mechanism I have. And it was a canister. It was about a four-inch canister, a, a PVC pipe-like type thing, capped. And nobody knew what was in it. And he, and he said, but you can't open these. Do not open these. Just put them. And it was so many thousand feet apart in a, in a lake. And there was... I think four, maybe five lakes that were completely transformed from polluted lakes into pristine lakes. And somebody did open up one of those canisters and all they found in there was a piece of wood, supposedly. But what if it was this piece of wood that was wrapped in a coil? Um, what happens, what are we talking about when we talk about that? Well, I suspect it's Oregon because organ is attracted to metal and it will begin to flow through metal like in a, in a copper tube there's a positive and negative end so the the organ starts to travel from you know negative to positive up the coil and if you've got the wood in between it the wood acts as a, a battery wood will actually absorb organ and hold on to it and so you've got, I think, maybe some kind of a very simple organ battery that when you submerge it in the water with all that water around it, the device is resonating. It, it's, it's putting out a signal that will immediately be picked up by the water and then every molecule of water that touches the one that it's next to, just like Shanghai, it, it's your the one water molecule starts spinning correctly and it's spinning more powerful than the others because it's fueled with the shungite or in this case maybe an organ battery then boom everything else around it begins to spin that way so this is a very interesting i'm going to get with uh, walt and derek on this this seems to be a very interesting aspect to enterology um but again it, it, they she seems to very much understand the interaction of the electromagnetic system with the environment now. Um, it seems like she's really gotten that, understanding that. And uh, I tell people, don't be afraid of the system. The system is there, it's built. It's putting out terrible energy, but with a little adjustment, it can be putting out very good energy. So whereas they built this system to control and kill, we could take it over and have one that frees up your mind because it's not being clouded by the junk that they're throwing at you and also is very healing. So when you see in a, when you see one of these towers, every tower you see, just put it out in your head, you know, okay, you're going to be beaming this wonderful energy. Just put that out there into the ethers and enough people begin to see what can be done in a positive way will elicit the 
reality we live in to morph into something else. And because we're not telling it how to do it, you know, well, let the white hats win and they realize that, you know, no, we're just saying do it. And, you know, magic is the manipulation of energy. So if every one of us begins to look at these things as something different than evil, look at it as a source of good, of positive energies, um, it, it's not going to hurt. Let me put it to you that way. So, anyway, very interesting stuff there. Yeah, another thing with the EMFs is the the wind farms out in the water and then force on land and how that's that's damaging things. Um, yeah, just thinking how maybe Waltz resonators can help with that. Like it, it's it's uh, what was it? NewParadigmTools.net. As far as using Dan Winters, um, who was it? Um, Don Crofts. It, it's mixing those things and coming up with. Uh, I mean. Clearing Lake Tahoe for one, and then now Lake Tahoe is selling their water at at these high end um, grocery stores like you know Whole Foods, and that's basically Shungite water, right? <laughs> they, they're they're selling it as good water. They're actually bottling it. Yeah, it's specifically Lake Tahoe water. So that's oh. basically Shungite water on shelf, right? I mean, that is too funny. Well, technically. It's not shungite because the shungite, if if you took if the, if you took the water out of the uh, lake and took it home with you, without any more shungite, it would eventually lose the spin. It would lose the 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 magic of shungite water. You, you, there there is a delay between when you take the water and the shungite and separate them, but it's not very long. It's like people will take a pitcher of Shungite water and then put it into a glass. Well, under normal circumstances, you're going to drink that before it loses the charge. But if you do that and then you take those things out for the day, at the end of the day, you may not have Shungite water. It's just going to be dead water. Purified dead water, but dead water. So you want to continually have the Shungite field interacting with whatever water that you're using or, or swimming in. You know, um, they, they, you can go to, to um, Walt Silva's uh, newparadigmtools.net and you can find water turtles. And these water turtles can be put into swimming pools. And we have in the book, Shungite Reality, the one that I wrote, that I tell about, well, I actually show you a written statement by a pool guy that was taking care of Dolly Howard's pool. And she told him all about it. And she said, you make sure that if you need to put chemistry in there, you let me know. And he wrote a paper saying I really didn't have to use any chemistry. The thing was keeping it clean, <laughs> you know. So that was the closest we've gotten to somebody actually uh, recording a, you know, documented research project. But we had so many people that had been using the, the it in pools and, the, and some of the stories are, are kind of funny because the, uh, initially it was programmed to put out oxygen because oxygen is used in, the, in uh, pools and other areas for uh, purification. 
but there would be so much oxygen in the in the pools that they were all bubbly. Uh, so then after working with certain things, uh, Walt adjusted. Now you can you can yourself if you got one, you can say, okay, I want you to run oxygen, and you'll probably see a difference. But you know, it, the, the the idea was let's just clear it from not just with oxygen because by that time we realized we didn't have to use 3D things to make a clearing like oxygen clears bad stuff in water um, that the spin of the of the shungite itself was taking out everything uh, including chloride so there's so much there's so much things there's so many things that we can do and yes it it sounds preposterous that this mineral came from the sky in some kind of a fiery event and landed in a world that wasn't <clears throat> quite solid yet you know uh and is sitting there on the top of the ground that has all these magical properties but the farther we go into it there's more and more scientific i mean certified science not our science that is pure science without the need to be told what you're supposed to find you know we try something and see what we find not oh we got to make it do this because we need to do this to be able to you know show the people that are giving us money that we're doing the, you know the crazy academic bs that you get involved in that actually you know condemns people to a really not good place in life um but if you're not, if you're out of the box you can do real science which is observe and then report and then test can you duplicate it um so anyway what else what else yeah so uh, dr Merritt does have a rumble channel and interviews a ton of people and then she has her uh chlorine dioxide protocol and how to combat parasites and one of the more highlighting things she shared was if you talk to a parasitologist and and they say uh, parasite eggs and cancer cells are the same. But if you talk to someone specializing in uh, what is it, cancer or whatever, and and about parasite eggs, they're not going to make the correlation. So I thought that was really interesting. And, and she pretty much says that all cancer is parasite related. Um, so she does have a video specific on the, on the protocols. Of course, in the interview, she covers that. And uh, let me see. Um, yeah, so parasite is a big thing, uh, to, I mean, they're everywhere, right? Like, like with nanotech. So for me, I take copper, uh, people can check out Morley Robin, Robbins to be interview about how copper increases energy in the mitochondria and fights, um, uh, parasites. Uh, another one she talked about was the Tartaria thing, previous civilizations and let me see. I mean, obviously, that goes back to sacred geometry, biogeometry, and I've I've taken that um, course, and and people can check out the Ibrahim Karim interviews of biogeometry, where it it's it does the same a lot of the same things with Shungite, where it does biocompatibilize the signal, but with the biogeometry technology, you can actually make your own sacred power sites, not too dissimilar with you know like the Giza pyramid, so. Uh, Dr. Kareem's uh, Egyptian, he just had a new book out, um, The Physics of Quality, 
and yeah, tons of YouTube material. So um, my uh, thing with it is like it has to be charged daily when you use it, as opposed to Shungite, which you don't, you know, you just have it on. It has an open door to like what you say, Nancy, with to the quantum realm. Um, I like to talk about the previous civilizations thing. I listen to this podcast regularly at um, We Are One Light for All net forward slash TFCC. Um, he's the the claim was he had came up with the term medbed, and now he's calling it celestial chamber, since everybody's kind of taken and copied that term, and uh, is needing help to um, get that going his version of it, which is no comparison. But anyway, he was talking about last week, previous civilizations of what came before uh, Lemuria and Atlantis. I think it was Hyperborea and a couple other ones and how with with Alien ET and then Shambhala. And it, it, it was a really, whether it's true or not, I mean, I got to ask him, you, people can email him what his sources is, but as far as like the previous technologies we've had, even like Michael Cremo with Forbidden Archaeology, Human Devolution, we know that in layers of how many millions of years you find these artificially created artifacts that is obviously artificially made. So, um, yeah, I like that they're both digging deep on that. <clears throat> Bars now, and uh, merit. Do you know more about what they were talking about regarding the Russian ancient civilization? Because I studied Russia when I was in college. Russia, the history, the society, the economy, everything. And then I became, a, uh, in the military, I was a Russian tactical expert and e e e electronic warfare guru on the, what the, this, the Soviets at that time could do. But the weird thing was, is I get with Walt and we start to read the uh, singing uh, trees, uh, the singing cedars of Russia. Anastasia. Anastasia. And they began to talk about the Red Roos. And I'm going like, wow, in all my education, I never questioned the fact that who was there in the beginning. Like here in the United States, where you've got the Native Americans, right? Which we learn about them. But I was supposedly a Russian, knowledgeable, certified, knowledgeable expert. And I knew nothing about the Vedrus. It's like the secret. And uh, so I, I'm wondering, do you know enough about what she was referencing? Because I wonder if this is the Vedrus or does this go further back than the Vedrus? Or maybe I don't think not. they went that deep. It was just Tartaria and then how... Well, can you spell that name? What was the name again? Oh. Tartaria? T-A-R-T-A-R-I-A. And I think Inelia did do a podcast on it some time ago. Uh, I was wanting to listen to it. But, I mean, whether it's true or not, we know that there's a their civilization, they're built upon atop each other because of the ley lines and the sacred sites that they're on to magnify the energy of the earth. So, like, how much further do you go back? And then we know about the deluge and how many you know, civilization are wiped out and how this one is repeating to a point, you know, uh, the mistakes of the past. Um, yeah, so. Well, Edgar Casey said that the people who were alive, particularly in America, were from ancient, reincarnated from ancient Atlantis to right the wrongs that they made at that time, the decisions that were made. 
Casey even references it. It's, it's like the Groundhog Day, you know? <laughs> Keeps repeating. We'll get it right one of these days. Hopefully. Yeah, that's a big that's a big theme in a lot of the comic book movies. Um, that's why I take interest in them. Um, obviously, you got to filter out um, what's worth, you know, uh, uh, what do you call it? Commenting and, and worth keeping. But the multiverse thing and referencing what you're talking about of previous lives, future lives, and parallel lives, that kind of thing. And even Matrix Energetics has been applying this kind of uh, consciousness technology and how it's just simple and imagination and coming from the heart space. You can access it all, connection to source. So, I mean, yeah. We are a complicated thing, aren't we, human beings? I I, I just, today I was had the television on and uh, I was just, you know, going through it, see back, put something up in the background. And there was this show that had already been playing for an hour on uh, Apollo 11, which is Neil Armstrong's uh, spacecraft that landed on the moon. And they got into a very interesting presentation in that it was, you know, artificially filmed. I mean, you got the, the, the actors and stuff, but the way that they were presenting it was with the cinematography that they would have had in 1969 when this all happened and it was so fascinating to see that kind of a live kind of presentation it was very well done but what i found myself thinking about mark was these people are crazy and they did it I mean, the, 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 the computer quality that they had on those moonshots is, you know, something that's in our watches now. It was a nothing thing. And yet they were able to take off in these huge explosive devices, get into orbit, take off, go around the moon, take a piece of the, uh, the spacecraft, send it down to the moon, walk around for a while, get back on it, get back onto the lunar module i mean the the uh the, uh, the spacecraft that was orbiting while they were down there two of them one of them stayed up in that and then get back to earth safely and and the whole time i'm watching even though it's part of my history i was there when it happened i'm still was like whoa this is pretty far out there with the what human beings did and it's just getting more and more it's, human beings are really impressive mark <laughs> what they can do, they can create magic out of seemingly very dangerous and unpredictable situations. So, yeah, we're kind of coming to the end of the four, towards forty nine minutes here. Um, I hope I hope you listeners that you got something out of the first hour and something out of our you know discussions. Of course, Mark gives you a lot of information to to go to too. So, Mark, you want to say adios to the to the listeners and any parting words? Yeah, thanks, everybody. I know summer, there's a lot of activities around, a lot of people, so keep the shungite on you. Um, me, personally, I use the root brand Clean Slate and Nanosoma. But, uh, yeah, and, and a lot of those I got from uh, Project Camelot, those interviews. So see what works for you personally. I mean, everybody's different. So see you at the other shows. Right. And remember, your 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 body will tell you. You know, use your 
use your mind to look at things, but then feel if it feels right for you. It's the best way to really understand it. I thank you all for being here. We'll see you next time. Be safe. And um, nothing more to say here. <laughs> Be safe. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Radio 5G, a production of CosmicReality.com. Thank you for listening.